Live? Are we live? We're live right Ladies now? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I, th I think we're live. We so, have uh, to be live right now. Yes, it feels that way. It feels that way. Uh, we want to thank everyone that's in attendance right now. First, first of all, we're our first live. Give yourself a round of applause for coming out here and supporting this fantastic venue. I was telling Bud in the back, I said, look what a liquor license does, man. This place has yes. never been this packed before, and I'm glad, I'm glad that this is what's happening. And I'm glad that we're a part of it. Most certainly, most certainly, man. Uh, very excited right now. Uh, first off, man, this is the first time we've uh, we got directors done an episode. Got, of, it's not a Monday. This, this, this is a live weird. studio audience. Li we, a live studio this audience. It's like Jimmy Fallon yes. almost. It's like we, we're feeling the love right now. Yes, we've never yes. had this before. I don't know if it's uh, the lights are on or now that I'm finally nervous. I feel like I'm <laughs> hot, like, I don't know. Before All right, so let's cool. give the people a little background about who we are, what we do, and why the fuck we're here right now. Uh, I mean, first off, might as well introduce ourselves again. Uh, we're Bud and Roach. I'm Bud. This is Roach. Uh, lifelong best friends and neighbors. Uh, grew up next door to each other. Literally, Literally about door. four or five blocks away from here. Like yes. we, We've been in this uh, neighborhood our entire lives, and we love this place. And that was a big reason why we chose to even do this at this particular venue. Like We've, we've done a lot of different things throughout. We started doing radio in 2012. It, it, it started off as a couple of stoners in the bathroom just kind of talking shit to just each other. Talking, really just talking doing. shit, man. Um, and it evolved from, I mean, a half hour of two stoners with a couple of jokes uh, to 45 minutes to two hours to three hours to full-fledged to everything we're doing now, man. And, it's, and when uh, it got to the point we got to three-hour broadcast live every Monday night, 8 p.m., we're going to run the promo later on in the show, we started booking celebrity guests. And we, did, we had no idea that you can do this from your living room. And that's a big reason why, you know, nowadays – we preach independence to everyone wherever we go because it's not about going out there and securing a, a network deal anymore. You can blow the fuck up on YouTube. Like on YouTube, you, you on do Twitch, right. on Ustream, on Mixer. There's unlimited opportunities for people to do it on their own. And uh, I think the fact that we've, I don't want to say on our own, but independent of major, you know, influence. We've never had any, yeah. like, major influence, major no. help. Everything has just been... Meeting, greeting, networking, and executing ideas. And, and that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's like people think that success is, you know, this thing that you have to reach the top of the mountain. It's not. It's just repetition. you got to find what to repeat. You repeat the same things every day that make your day better every day. Eventually, time is going to catch up with that, and you're going to blow the fuck up. And you're going to have all the money you want. You're going to be able to do anything that you want. So stop looking at success as some foreign idea. It's the little things that you do every day. It is. Um, and, and I think a lot of people think success is just like one or two steps. There are like 60, 70 before you even get close to the last, you know, 30, 40. So um, it's not, you know, it's, an, it's a never-ending process, I think, is one, one thing people need to know. It's never-ending. Um, All these years later, we're, we're still going through the process. Yes, we're still going through the process. The process doesn't stop. But more than anything, you have to trust in the process. I think that's something you have to trust the process and you can't force it. It has to be organic. I think that's one thing I've always stressed when we talk about things, we talk about, you know, new ideas is to make sure it's organic. Uh, Cause I think a forced idea will show you it's forced. And on top, like going back to what you said, you got to trust the, you know, trust the process. You also got to trust the universe. People are where they are for a reason. You chose to be here today. You're going to meet somebody here that's going to make some connection for you later on. It might not be tomorrow. It might be, you know, two years from now. And you can always trace that shit back to, all right, I met this person at first live on, what is it, February 10th today? February, yes, the 10th. Yes, today sir. Today's the 10th. So at the end of the day, we've had things happen to us that would challenge anyone during any other time of their life. 
I'll give you an example. In 2015, my apartment burned down. Everything in the apartment was torched except for my guitar. So when I went upstairs and, you know, the, the, the building department was there, the fire department was there, the landlord was there trying to sue me, saying that I torched the place. I wasn't even home. I grabbed my guitar and I left. Yeah, I went straight to the liquor store. <laughs> but then my next step was to go to my meeting. I had a meeting scheduled on Saturday. I went to the meeting, and I happened to meet with someone who I was working for at the time who took me out to Jersey and taught me the business. And anybody else whose house would have burned down would have been crying in front of the apartment. And the fact that I was there laughing because I trusted the process so much that I said, whatever the hell is going to happen to me after this, it's going to make my life what it needs to be. Like, you, you, you can't have dreams and then expect... Or it's going to be a smooth road. It hasn't even been a smooth road for us. It's, uh, I think that's the biggest, I mean, just said it, you know, uh, it's never a smooth road, man. A smooth road is a road you need to be cautious on, you know, because, you know, it can't be smooth forever. Uh, there's hiccups, there's bumps, there'll be traffic. You never know. You know. So let's go back to Bushwick. We're in Bushwick right yes, now. Yes, we're in Bushwick, man. You know, and uh, it, it's weird. I, I don't want to say it's weird, but we're home. It's still, you know. We're like literally we can, home. We can walk to the to the crib right yes, now. Yes, we can right? walk to the crib, uh, it's, it's, walk it's, from the it's crib. It's a surreal feeling that we're live streaming right now. And this is something that, you know, we have to kind of thank gentrification. I think that's been a big issue. Every every Monday night we do the Button Road Show on buttonroach.com, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 8 p.m.-ish. 8 p.m.-ish. Ish. So one of the things that we've, you know, reported on over the years was gentrification and how it's affected Bushwick and how people would come into our neighborhood and they were pushing us out of these apartments and bringing in all these Starbucks and all this shit. But at the end of the day, that increased the value of the neighborhood. It did. Um, you know, the term I always choose to use is double-edged sword. You know, for all its benefits, it also has its, you know, ramifications. So, you know, you know one thing I bring up uh, for us is Linden Park. We knew what that park is. Uh, the thing we always talk about is, uh, you know me, I love to play sports, play basketball a lot. In the summer, we had a, a full-court basketball court, not even a whole block away from our house, where we just would choose not to go just because, I don't want to say the element, but the things that would happen there. <laughs> was, and you could kind of say the element. It was the element. Yes. It, it was but, uh, a bad place to go. It wasn't. It, it was. You know, we know things that have happened there to people we know. Um and, and we live close enough to it that you can hear the gunshots ring yes. off when, when, when things pop off. Yes, it wasn't, it wasn't a good experience. But um, so we, we traveled would walk counties out down. of our way. We would walk out of our way up into Ridgewood, which was essentially we, we would walk out of the borough into Queens and go to the Oval or, uh, or 93 or, you know, as, as we found out later now, Maurice Park, Juniper, other places we go. And we go out of our way to, to you know, and uh, the thing, you know, I bring up Linden Park now and bring that story up. It's because you look at it now, man, what the Parks Department has done there, where you even have the NYPD there now. You know, they, they put a nice little new playground in there, a little dog area. Turf. Uh, they put down the, you know, the, the, uh, astral the turf. Art, uh, artificial turf field with the soccer field um, to cover up the, you know, with the blacktop. They have, you know, the, uh, the poly, the poly, like uh, the poly plastic backboards there for the kids to join the tournaments now. And it's completely different. It's than a the completely way it was. different it's, feeling. But I tell, I bring this up because property taxes. We learned this in real estate school when we went for our licenses. The property taxes being paid now are coming back into the community. All the paved roads now, things that come from property taxes as a result of the property value because of gentrification. So while it's helping, it's not. You know, we know people that have been forced out of lifelong homes. You know, landlords playing fishy games, you know, funny math. We know the tricks, too. So, I mean, double-edged sword. And they teach you that in real estate school. That, that was pretty interesting for us 
because we've been getting, you know, we've been hearing stories of, of people getting screwed their entire lives, our entire lives, and especially in our neighborhood where everybody's in public housing and everybody's just trying to, you know, maintain that rent. As long as you have that rent, you know, they will let you stay there 30 years. But yes. until recently, you know, my mom had to relocate and she's lived in the same block now. She just, they moved her down the block, thankfully. But that was after like a year and a half struggle of just paperwork. Of a process, man. It, 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 you know, it's a process to get these things done, to have things like that go. So, I mean, it's... I, I think when you look at Bushwick as a whole, though, you look at places like First Live. I've never seen a place like First Live until I walked in here. No, there's nowhere like First Live. I don't think I can, you know, off the top of my... I don't even want to say off the top of my head. I can't think of anywhere where... Because it's beyond just this place. If you look, I don't know if the books are out, but they have books that they've created. And, and I think there might be one on the table right there. These books that first live, you know, Emily and, and Danny, God bless you guys. Because God damn, you, you guys put this whole thing together and, and you guys are phenomenal. Let's give them a round of applause. Let's, let's do it. Because they deserve it. But to look at the books... Just look at the book. If you're a musician, and I'm a musician, you, you, you know, you've known me my entire life. Yes. I've played so many shows, so many different places. You know, I've gotten to meet so many different people. But when you look at a book like they've produced, it's literally a database that breaks it down to the decibels as to how loud it would be when you enter the venue. They give you every bit. Look, they're checking it out right now. I wish we had a camera. We could just <laughs> point at them so they could see this. Yes. <laughs> but um, the work... At the end of the day, it speaks for itself. And to have the privilege of this, you know, brand, because this is literally a brand. It's a this, brand. It's not just here. They, they're also located Austin. in Texas. In Austin, Texas. So um, you guys are in Texas, right? Yeah, we have a mobile espresso recording track. The mobile espresso recording track. Merv. Merv. You see, we, we <laughs> and it, it takes ideas, innovative ideas like that for people to separate themselves from everyone else. You can't just go into the game trying to replicate people's stories, expecting a success story to happen. You got to pave your own way. People like Jimi Hendrix and people like Robin Williams, they're still spoken about today because they did something innovative. innovative they, were, they, they weren't they afraid to be themselves. They, uh, I mean, they were themselves. Um, you know, you, I mean, it comes back to what I said, man, organic. You have to, you, you can't replicate someone else's success story. There's no, there's no cookie cutter, cut and paste way. To achieve it, man, everyone's story is different. We're all unique snowflakes. Uh, so, all right. We can do this like yes. this. I like this. I like that ambience. This is nice. And do we still look good? I like no this. Other li- no other lights went out, so I wasn't worried. It was... Nah, you know, I still... I, I, whatever I was just watching Cloverfield the other day. I started uh, getting shook right now, bro. The yeah, fuck? man. Nah, the ground didn't shake. There were no explosions, so we're good, bro. Yeah, it's like, so it always starts with the lights, though. No, nah, but, you know, usually something sways. You'll feel like a light tremor. You know, if we had the glass of water, we could have the Jurassic Park going. In case, you know. <laughs> it's all good. It's and all then good have here. Jeff Goldblum come out the, the back and, you know, <laughs> cut a little promo here. It's not Jeff Goldblum anymore, man. It's, uh, it is. It's he guy. just did a commercial for that shit. He's, he's, in, he's in it again, the new one? The new one yeah, I mean, in the he's Super in Bowl? a brand new commercial. They played it during the Super Bowl, no? I saw a new, like, Jurassic Park movie commercial during the Super Bowl. I don't remember seeing it. It was but. Jeff Goldblum. He was in the car. He was driving. He was doing the Jurassic Park thing, and then he, you know, it went back to him being old. 
Did you guys see that? Did you guys see the Jeff Goldblum? Am I going crazy? I think that was just a car. No, I was fucked up, but I I don't know if that was a Jurassic Park commercial. I think it might have been a car commercial. I'm not sure. It was a car commercial. No, I'm talking about an actual Jurassic Park movie. Though it was an actual Jurassic Park. No, but all the movies that they were doing, all the commercials they were doing for cars over the Super Bowl, they all had movies attached to them. There was one with Channing Tatum. Babe, didn't we have an argument about this shit in the house? There was like some Channing Tatum shit that it was. So we both we're talking about separate Jurassic Park commercials. No, it was two different movies. It was the same car company they were both doing no. commercials that had movies attached to them i'm talking about the actual like how do we start trailer. talking about i thought we were talking about the love of bushwick we, we were talking about like cloverfield when the lights flickered you said the lights flickered it's not have the lights flicker on the jeff goldblum for the you know Jurassic we start Park citing the script we definitely went off track there we definitely went off the rails we went a little sideways so let's talk about good morning bushwick good morning bushwick man um daily morning show monday to monday to fridays monday through fridays uh 10, 10 a.m. We we're trying 10 to 10. I mean, you know, it, it, we're both uh, late sleepers. I mean, you know, once I'm up, I'm up, man. So, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, but you're up at noon. I mean, that's just because, you know, I don't have things to do until noon and after. So we're, we're gunning for 10. We're gunning for 10 a.m. And there's a lot of things. I don't know if you guys see the, the signs that are on the right side. If you guys are on this side, it's straight across. You got the letters V-O-T-E. You vote. There's a video, and uh, we should have. Got gotten the video uh, prepped for this, but there's a video of Bud and Roach. We actually carved those pieces out, all those little wood things. I almost broke my hand. I almost chopped my whole shit off. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that it, it's 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 being put together the way it is. But the message is more important than anything else, because the conversation that we had not too long ago here, I heard you speak about politics in a way that I haven't heard you speak about politics on the Bud and Roach show. I mean. I mean, we never really go that deep into it. I mean, we do go deep into it, just not on that side. But a lot of people don't know how important it is to vote, man, and not just, I mean, I'm a, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I admitted it when we had the conversation to Danny and Emily uh, about uh, voting, man. I only vote once every four years in presidential elections. I don't vote in, you know, my local elections, mayoral, governor, you know, I, I, don't, I don't vote in those elections, city councilman, councilwoman. Uh, they usually have other votes throughout the year for, uh, you know, bills and little things that go on that go unnoticed by people. But these are things that, you know, affect us all in everyday life. And for everyone, I think it's a big problem. And I think it's not just with our generation, I'll say in total, because it's been happening forever, is no one pays attention except once every four years and maybe two years after that in midterms to try to, you know, get the House and, you know, the Senate back. But uh, I think pop culture has a lot to do with that. Though. Pop culture, I think, uh, you know, one thing we talked about and obviously showed the funny clip from South Park, uh, the voter die thing. We saw how big that was. Uh, what was that? 2004, right? Bush versus Kerry. Um, obviously, hope and change. We saw how big that was yeah. with Obama. Yes, we can. Um, this year, though, I think the vote definitely and we can tell, obviously, everyone will know this by, uh, you know, I, I hate saying the man's name by 45 right now in office. Um we saw how that turned out, man, how even though the popular vote was won by Hillary, um, you know, this man's still in office because of a, uh archaic, you know, voting system with the uh, Electoral College. And let me, let me ask you a question, not to intervene. Yeah. But when we look at voting as country, you know, we'll, we'll get someone in, in an office and then we'll deal with, you know, the world star clips and, and the CNN clips and everybody talking about certain particular things. Do those things really affect us 
the way vote, uh, local voting does? Because local voting was the conversation you had with Danny Garcia from First Live. Actually. And, and that's what opened my eyes to Local a lot of the voting thing. does affect people more, I feel, because you left, the, you know, these big federal elections, obviously, president, all these other things going on. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, vote man. or die. Can we get can you, that up? Uh, can you get that up? Uh, let's get vote or die up. This is the South Park. Yeah, clip, South right? Park. Yeah. So let's get that up. Uh, Dan's gonna pull it up for you guys. I'm no. Uh, just for the record, I'm a huge South Park fan. South Park, man. Uh, thank God for South Park. If you could see, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. If you could have seen how they were showing well, Let's give a round of applause for South Park. Well, South Park. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, man. Thank you. You guys have been there since uh, elementary school for me. I remember when, uh, you, do you remember when the shirts got banned from 116? I remember when the shirts got banned. But my respect kind of weaned away from South Park when I started seeing all the predictions come true on uh, The Simpsons. I mean that that's that's kind of scary, man. The Simpsons. I mean, did you guys hear about? Has that? anyone follow anyone follow that on social media? How the Simpsons keep having things they've shown become true, like they had Trump coming down the elevator the exact like, same way. It wasn't elect- even like, it they was even fucking... had the exact electoral college map, like fucking like, dropped the exact his hand same, the same way exact... the way the states went. What and this episode aired sometime in the nineties, like late nineties. It's it was scary. It's scary, man, to see, man. And even uh, more recently, the uh, Fox buying Disney. Or Disney buying Fox, whichever way another that went. prediction they made. And they had it like they had. There's videos of just, I, th- I think it was on the Joe, where you hit your lip. That's what happened on live TV. That's fine. Yeah, shit happens. <laughs> shit happens. Well, I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast. Let's give him a round of applause for busting his lip live on the stage. You know, just, let's do a little, little. Matter of fact, let's do snaps next time. Let's do it uh, like poetry. But there was a, I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast that um, they actually listed every fucking prediction that they had. And it's, it's at least 30, 40 predictions. It's, that they... it's scary, man. It is, it is, it's, it's to the point where, you know, obviously the Simpsons had a lot of symbolism throughout it. I told, uh, as a kid, you know, it was my favorite show. That's another show. Growing up until about South Park came out, Family Guy. That was my favorite show as a kid growing up. I remember when it came on on Thursdays and we would beg my mom to stay up till 8 to watch it because, you know, we, had, we were all young. Even, you know, I'm the youngest, but we were all young. Um, and we had bedtimes before 8 p.m., so we have to beg her to let us Yeah, we grew up it. Jehovah's Witness. We had 8.30 bedtimes, and, you know, we had Oof. to sneak out of bed just to watch wrestling. Wrestling? Oh, man. And uh, Howard Stern. That's when Howard Stern was still on. Uh, it wasn't even on cable. It was, nah, it was like. Uh, I, I never just... watched Howard Stern. You, never... you, would have stood, you would have Stern fan, bro. You never watched Stern? Not really, man. That's you used to watch got on Blind to... Date? Nope. 
Remember Blind Date? I remember a little bit of Blind Date. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I was watching Blind Date the other day. That still comes on? No, it's on YouTube. Oh, YouTube. You got a YouTube. Should have figured. <laughs> you, you, but do you remember that show? Yeah, I remember Blind Date. I think date, we know man. people that went on that show. We do? I need, I need to pull up those clips for you. I have no... Wow. This is we know the, people on that show. We know this people just that got, got fun. This just got fun when we get off air. I need to see these clips. And, and it, now the funniest clip. I, I mean, I don't want to blast his name out, but it, it was you know a close friend of ours. I think he's relatively close. He got busted by Chris Hansen, and it wasn't even about no child predator. Oh man! <laughs> it was just Oof. about it was about scheming and scamming. <laughs> Who sent you, Jimmy? <laughs> Like, we're gonna have to no, we're gonna have to pull up this clip on Monday. We have a show that we do every Monday night, uh, the Button Road Show, eight PM Eastern time on buttonroach.com, and we actually preview all these clips that we're talking about. So, Danny, if you if you got the Button Roach promo, let's roll the Button Roach promo, and then uh, we'll come back after that. No, that sounds like That's South Park, Park Cartman. Ah, oh, god damn it! That is, I, I know exactly what clip that was. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> god damn, these lights is hot as fuck up here, bro. It's all good. <laughs> as long as we still look good, make me. Let me know if my Puerto Rican grease is uh, is shining through. We need people to pat us down with powder on the face, bro. Nah, man. I think that's the next step. We don't know where we're gonna take you, brother! But we're here to tell you that we're back! We're going to the stratosphere! We're out of the atmosphere on the We're going everywhere! We don't know where we're gonna start, but we're here! We started down here, but we wanna take it all the way here! We wanna bust through that mother! Oh yeah! We can feel the power! The power of the Button Roach team, baby! ButtonRoach.com! We're here! And we're going straight to the top! Where's the time? We won't know till we get there, baby! There you go, Chico! We're coming for you! For your brain! We want it all! I want everything! What we know we're here to do is to do it good! What are you gonna do when we delete you? Yeah, baby! We want to thank... uh. We want to thank Hennessy for that one. Yes, Hennessy VSOP, man. Because uh, without Hennessy, we wouldn't have been able to cut that promo. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think the lifelong being wrestling fans and always wanting to do it. But I think the fact that, you know, obviously we shot the first promo right before that. Um, I think we had the energy from that already. Obviously how that went. We were in yeah, because when you walk into a place like this, this place makes you feel better as soon as you walk in. Like, you can't walk into this place and be upset. You can't walk, especially as an artist... Everybody that I know that has ever played any kind of music, any kind of instrument, the minute you walk in here and you see a fucking fender cap covering the AC and you see, you know, the, uh, you know, all this soundproofing and the drums and the live setup, that shit makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you fucking made it, bro. It's intriguing. As an artist, I would guess it's intriguing. You know, I, I always have to admit I don't do music. Um, I listen to music. I love music, but I don't play music. I don't play music. But let me, let me He's like the that. complete opposite. Like uh, I, I can't play any instruments. I, I, you know, I played the piano for a little while in the drums in middle school. You're a hell of a critic, though. 
Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> you should do, you, should you do know, that. I love music, though, man. You should do that professionally, though. You should be I don't a, know, man. I feel like people might come after me just for not liking the same thing. But there's thing. too many critics out there for anybody to single you out. Yeah. I guess if I, uh, you know, went by, like, a uh, alias all the time, I think that could work. How about Bud? I think the people know who Bud is already. They have to <laughs> come like, up with something new. I mean, we've been doing this for since t- 2012, but, you know, I, I think Bud will be, take you a long way. Because yeah. your Instagram is still Mr. Underscore Zoe Taylor. Because that's me. Two totally different. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. If you do reviews as Bud, I think it'll take you somewhere. Somewhere far beyond the, the realms of ra- radio and TV. You're going to get your critiques heard uninterrupted. Because every time you tell me critiques, I interrupt you. Yeah, you do. Uh, just by a short hand, since we got people here, let, let's take this. I critique that uh, we were going back and forth on the last one. You know where I'm taking this. Uh, everybody, most of the people here, everyone here watch the Super Bowl? Most of you guys catch Super Bowl Sunday last week? No? No? No show of hands? All right, I see one. How did you guys feel about JT at halftime? No, 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 no. Middling? I need a Listen. yes or no. Oh, my damn, God. Damn, middling. Just like I babe, told you, bro. Babe, in the back, can you support me on this? W- w- were you pleased with JT? It was an underwhelming Everybody performance. Everybody was fucked up. I, I, I told you what I feel it was. He was banking on, I'm in Minneapolis, I'm going to do some Prince covers, get it over, and then he had to do all his own hits when Prince's people, you know. Yeah, but a hologram wasn't going to make, the whole story was that JT was supposed to do the Super, time, the Super Bowl halftime show with a hologram of Prince. And Prince's family shut that shit down. They said, no, you're not going to fucking, because he said in an article which he you said, brought on yes, the show, you an know, article we, we from spoke like about it. That Prince said it was demonic. You know, we grew up as Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not there anymore. But Prince dove into that after his career took off. So he started adapting a lot of the ideologies that we had as kids or that were forced on us as kids. Yes. And then, uh, you know, he started saying that shit was demonic, a fucking hologram. It's just lights. It's digital shit. And they shut that shit down. His band member, uh, Sheila E. came out. Uh, she was a big person behind it. Sheila E., one of his band members, uh, one of his artists, who really, like, she... Like, told a lot of people, like, it would have been against his wishes. But even more than that, a lot of people know JT and Prince. They had their little feud in the, you know, mid-2000s when JT tried to go at Prince over Sexy Back when Prince uh, said, you know, I never left. Talking about, you know, obviously Prince is, like, one of the biggest sex symbols in music ever from, well, male sex symbols. Yeah, but he um, can't be a sex symbol and then knock on my door with a watchtower Saturday morning. I mean... I don't know how that goes, uh, man. That, that's how it goes. This is, this is a fact. Prince, this is I mean, what happened. Prince this is how it is. But people like Prince wouldn't have been okay with it. And I think getting that cut out took away from it. So, I mean, like I said, it was underwhelming at best. Um, definitely not top five or top ten. Halftime Yeah, but you was talking about Tom Petty. I told you. I think Tom Petty was fantastic Tom Petty was, when he played I thought, I thought it was fine, but it definitely wasn't no top five. I didn't. I mean, I, I, the way you was talking that day, I, put him, I don't I, know if it was the I liquor or what. Put, I definitely put him ahead of. Uh, I'm about to say his name wrong. I'm about to say Bruno Mars. I definitely put him ahead of JT. But like I told you, man, you had the last few acts, the last few years, really take it up a notch. I support Bruno Mars though. I, I just found out Bruno Mars is Puerto Rican. Really? He's Puerto Rican. I, I knew that, but you just. Babe, found I'm that not up. wrong in that, right? No, he's like Hawaiian. And he's Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican? And or did you give me misinformation before? Because she's she's known for that. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, Bruno Mars is both Hawaiian and Puerto Rican and then some other mixtures of ethnicities and nationalities. So let's talk about what we have going on right now. Yes, sir. Where are we right now? What time is it? We're in First Live Bushwick, located at 219 Central Avenue. And we finally got the address right. 
I want to get the zip code right right now, but I'm not sure if we're in 11221 it, still or 11237. Is it 11221 or 11237? We, we got anybody? 11221. Oh, so we still home. Yeah, we're still home. We're still home. <laughs> we're still home. We still in the 83rd precinct jurisdiction. Yes, you know, one of our goals. Uh-oh, it sounds like someone has a horror story. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just saying the way you said it, man. Like, we were here when uh, there was a saying called Giuliani time. When you heard that, your day was going bad. <laughs> How long have you been here? You from here? Yeah. From Georgia? From Georgia. Where in Georgia? Osceola, Georgia. Shout out to Osceola, Georgia. Shout out to Osceola, Georgia. Osceola, Georgia. We in the house right now. Is that like, a, like, like a big town, like small city? Like a- 3,000? Woo! Two traffic lights. Two traffic lights. And there's still accidents. I guarantee you. Man, that, that's crazy. Two traffic lights. Wow. Didn't they tell us a bullshit story like that in Bushwick High School? I what? think it was Mr. Sierra. He said that there was a town that had uh, only two cars uh, and cars crashed. <laughs> You'd fuck? be shocked, man. You'd be shocked. <laughs> You'd be shocked. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's going to get to a point, and I, I hope it does because, like we said earlier in the show, consistency leads to success. So if we keep doing what we're doing, one of our goals is to definitely get our faces painted on the side of 83rd Precinct. I don't know if you guys seen 83rd Precinct where they got the whole mural of all the these murals. guys. We have uh, we got Anthony Ramos. He grew up right next door to us. Ray Gonzalez. Rick Gonzalez. We have show. Rosie Perez, Eddie Murphy, Jackie Gleason, Phil Rizzuto. And these are all people who were born in Bushwick. Like I, First off, the last two I had no idea. Uh, Jackie Gleason or Phil Rizzuto. I had no yeah, idea they were born in Bushwick. Jackie Gleason, obviously, honeymooners, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Phil Rizzuto, Hall of Famer, Yankee. <laughs> you look like you got a fucking sour nah, taste in your mouth nah, when you I say Yankees, I started to blow bro. my fist, but I can't hit anything. So. He's a diehard Met fan, and he doesn't yeah. like to say the word Yankee without throwing up a little bit in his mouth. This is not a uh, expletive. Uh, who, let's see who it. who's a Met fan here. Anybody Met some, support the Mets? We got one guy. That's that's nice. Got two. B, you're not a real Met fan. <laughs> Shut up. I appreciate you raising your hand, though, B. I appreciate it. So everybody here is Yankees? Is that that's what this is? No one cares about baseball? That's why I love Bushwick, because it's so <laughs> gentrified. Everybody has their hometown teams. Everybody, I'm sure she's a, well, Atlanta, Braves. right? So we, we, the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves. Is that your team? Uh, yeah, she I don't think, even watch baseball. I think the consensus watch baseball. in the room is about this shit. who cares about baseball. It's a hundred-some-old-year sport that's kind of slow that you really have to love. I understand. You really love it, though. I do. I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. I think the worst, uh, even worse than watching baseball is playing baseball video games. I don't know, man. I love it's that fucking too. boring, bro. Not if you love it's baseball. It's fucking boring. Like, Not if you love baseball. What about the Tiger Woods shit that I used to play that everybody used to clown me about? What, PGA? Yeah. I like playing Tiger Woods, man. You had a lot of words when we was kids. I mean, it wasn't that fun as kids, bro. Like, I mean, we had other funner games as kids. You know, that's like an older taste, like a quiet taste when you get older. Golf. There's, a, there's a venue not too far from here. It's also called Lantern Hall. And we do a video game tournaments there every, every now and then. Specializing in Nintendo 64 uh, console. So let's just throw out some ideas. What, what, what games do you guys remember from 64? Smash Brothers? Golden Eye was, was one of Perfect the top dark, ones. Man. Anybody play No Mercy? I ain't got no wrestling fans in here. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, are, are we a dying breed? I think I so, man. It's because Vince has killed it. That's a whole other story, though. So we have to go. We have to go to the. We have Dude, to go to I WWE mean, headquarters in Connecticut, too, man. bro. We have to talk to Vince and K. K. McMahon about this shit. 
because this but, uh, is fucking stupid. Yeah. Back in the day, we used to go in anywhere, and there used to be at least 50% wrestling fans, and people just die hard, put me through the fucking table right now, motherfucker. Like, this is the kind we of people go that we Buffalo grew up around. Hang out with the Bills Mafia, bro. They uh, put each other through tables right before game day just for the fuck of it. Every school that we ever went to is in this neighborhood. It's a walk away from here. We went to 116. PS 116 is right there on Grove yes. and Nickelbacker. Uh, you got it, yeah, I did my first year at 3 You got one year at 33. I, uh, we I, did uh, 291. That's Irving and Wilson. Uh, yeah. Is it Irving and Gates Wilson? between Irving and Wilson. Gates between Irving and Wilson. And, uh, of course, Bushwick High School, man, our alma mater. Uh, but in 291, there was this one special guy. And I don't even know if he's still alive, man, but if he's watching, Mr. Basilata. Basilata. Because Mr. Basilata did something that most people... Do you know Mr. Basilata? Because you guys are looking at each other like you know him. <laughs> you know him? Now, we have Mr. Basilata. What Mr. Basilata did was... And th- this is what it comes down to when, it, when you really want people to progress. You can't force your ideologies on them. You have to see what people like and then figure out a way to capitalize on it. He saw that this was during the Attitude Era. This was during a time when SmackDown had just came out on PlayStation 1 and everybody was fucking hype. And you just see people beating the shit out of each other in the hallways of the school. And he decided that because his brother worked for the WWF at the time. It was WWF, now it's WWE. He would come in with a case full of autographed photographs of all the wrestlers. And during the report card time, you had to go show your report card. If you got good grades, he'll give you autographed pictures. So there was a time where we all had just autographed photos of wrestlers before my mom threw them out saying they were bringing demons to the house. Because they, I told you about my upbringing. But <laughs> thank you, Mr. Basila. <laughs> it always going to come back to that shit. Yes, bro. yes. Uh, I mean... She also threw my comic books. I'm never going to forget that. Comic and my books, baseball man. cards. What? Baseball cards? I had thousands and thousands of baseball cards. My mom started having bad dreams. I also had one Maxim magazine my dad gave me. Remember Maxim a long time ago? This was before Well, porn. Maxim was actually a good magazine to read, bro. It was, but I didn't get that far. So it, it was more about... It was more of a it low was replacing. Grade. It was replacing the fact that we had no internet in the house. You had internet at a young age. I didn't have no internet. I was trying to build antennas and do all this crazy shit. So my dad gave me this one Maxim magazine, and I hid it inside of a... It was in a bag, inside of another bag, inside of a briefcase that I pushed all the way to the end of the bed, and I covered it with all my shit. And I would have to dig this shit out whenever I wanted to use the mag. It, I mean, it was there to, it was there to be used. <laughs> So then I get home one day, and my mom is crying, and she has the magazine on the table, and I told her, that's not the place to put the magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put the fucking magazine on the table. Are you crazy? You do not want that there. And she's crying, and I'm like, Mom, what are you you crying about? And she said, what is this? And I said, "Um," I I don't know. You tell me. And she said, the Holy Spirit guided me Me to this. And it told it, it wanted me to ask you if you touch yourself to this magazine. <laughs> and I said, "Ma, that's Joey's magazine, <laughs> my stepbrother." I was like, yeah. How do you so throw listen, him on the bus like that? And what's fucked up is that Joey never cut class, so he he would always come home at regular time. I'll get home before him. So by, so by the time, time he, he got home, I was in the park playing basketball, and he called an ass with me. <laughs> I was like, "Sorry, you, Joey. You, if you're watching, I'm, I apologize for that one." Do you remember the first time you cut class? I never used to cut class and stay around. I used to go to Jersey. I used to go to Connecticut. Now, I'm not going to lie, man. I would cut class 
on days when I knew no one was home, particularly Fridays, I would like every Friday I'd give myself a half day, go get a bacon, egg, and cheese, and go home early to play Xbox. I do remember my first time cutting. My first time cutting, I got caught <laughs> because this is a, you know, you know, because the building that we lived in was the corner building of the projects that had access to the roof. So when you got access to the roof in the projects, your building is the only building that has access to the roof in that entire block. So you can walk all the way down the block on top of rocks on people's houses and shit. But across the street, there was a 14-flight building that everybody's just staring at you. So I had to kind of hide from the old people across the street so they won't call the cops saying I was loitering. I hid behind one of these brick walls, one of these chimneys. <laughs> and I forgot that my mom used to take the dog to the roof so he could use the bathroom. <laughs> so as soon as I lay out, I'm going to sleep. And the dog goes and he starts pissing on me. I get up, I start running around, and my mom's just there waiting for me. <laughs> that was my first time getting bag cutting. And then after that, uh, I used to just chill in the auditorium under the seats because our auditorium was actually our gym. 116. You remember Jesus, that? Remember you that cut little, him, I didn't cut until <laughs> high school, man. Jeez. It, was, it was started elementary. And I had to go see a shrink for all that shit. I, I remember. I remember. It made me see a shrink for a whole year. God bless him. I hit him up. He still don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Jose Morales, if you if you're Jeez. listening, Jeez. He used, he's still in the, he's still in Brooklyn. I found him on Facebook. I wrote him a nice letter, and he doesn't, he don't want to fuck with me. <laughs> How bad is it when your shrink don't want to talk to you again? I don't know, <laughs> man. Like, I don't know. It's like, listen, I know you got insurance, but let's let's take it easy. All right, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you the colleague. Uh, you know, my life's back on track nowadays. <laughs> we just can't, we can't. Damn, so, bro. So I mean. What else do we have going on right now? We have a lot of shit going on right now. Uh, I think I should plug H&MV. Yeah, man. I was going to say hot new music So videos, bro. there's this thing that, you know, when we first started doing radio in 2012, one of our big first breaks was when Reverb Nation picked us up. If you guys don't know what Reverb Nation is, it's a social network dedicated to musicians. So they have about 5 million users. And at the time, they had about like, it was like 3.5 because it was like six, seven years ago. And... They sent us out as a campaign. It was an opportunity for people to go on a radio show. The way we marketed the radio show, people thought we were at fucking Hot 97. They thought we was on top of the world. They didn't know we was, you know, fucking broke in the basement, drinking Hennessy and just trying to talk to celebrities. So when people started sending these, um, these blast emails out, I remember there was this one particular day, and that was the day that we fucked up on the air because we couldn't patch in the audio. We started uh. celebrating too early. That was my fault. <laughs> But it was a day that our Facebook page had went from like, it was like 300 likes to like fucking 2,000 likes in one day. And I spent all day at home in my boxers just clicking refresh, just dancing. I'm drinking. I, I didn't even eat anything all day. I'm drinking Hennessy with a straw. So by the time we got to the air, we go, we go live. And all the shows that we usually do are live. So there's no room for error. But we were so busy celebrating, I forgot to patch in the audio for the guests. So we had a bunch of guests coming on, and nobody could hear shit. We start panicking on the air. I think we still have this episode <laughs> in the archives. <laughs> we got to pull up that episode at some point. But Reverb Nation... out on live TV. Yeah, that, live, that, it was live radio. radio at the time. Live radio. But um, Reverb Nation gave us our first push. So all these years later, we've established such a relationship with Reverb Nation that now there's a website called Hot New Music Videos that is literally built and designed to help you promote your music videos and show you how to make better ones. And they're backing it. So right now we have a show, it's called H&MV. And every Wednesday, 
We release a new episode. We show five new music videos that were selected through the Reverb Nation campaigns. And the fact that Reverb Nation now has grown to what it has grown to, because now it's, it's pretty much a staple in the music industry. Initially, I don't think it, it was that. They had a lot of competition. There was a lot of struggle with Sonic bids and, and Bandcamp. I mean, and all that's how things. it goes with. I mean, I think these. But Reverb Nation things. right now, the the support that we get from Reverb Nation, I think it's it's definitely worth. Uh, it's definitely worth all the years that we've spent building with them. And there was a lot of trial and error because we run a lot of campaigns that we didn't even have to. We didn't even close. Like there was a lot of, a lot of amateur moves were made in the be- in in the beginning. But now, now we're in a position that is like you know every week i have to go through thousands of music videos from artists all over the world and the fact that we get to pick these artists and, and put them on tv and, and bring them on radio and, and whatever kind of outlet we have that we can actually promote these artists we we do and whether we're going to start bringing them back on the button row show yeah. which is how we started well, doing we, the button row I mean, show how we started it we met a lot of artists we already know through reverb nation um and actually built relationships with them so i mean it's great to be doing, man, but, uh, you know, one thing you said, you know, trial and error, man. I don't think anything can happen, really, without trial and error. If anything's happening and every time for you it just goes good, you don't know what adversity is, man. I think people need to know what adversity is, what it is to be against the odds, to have to, you know, make a snap decision like that um, and be able to deal with it going good or bad, man. So I think uh, it's just every experience we had doing this, I think, has led us to this and where we're headed. Because, I mean, like we spoke the other day, man, it's a journey and we're just on it. Can't, you know, figure out what's going yet. It's 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 not a bad thing to be undefeated, but it is a bad thing to not know what defeat feels like. So Ronda Rousey. I was thinking more Floyd Mayweather, but you want to talk about Rousey? I mean, she lost. Floyd's still undefeated. Floyd's still undefeated, but Floyd. I don't want to get into a Floyd discussion right now, bro. But it's like when when I, I did I did I did. <laughs> I did. You did bring Fucking him up, man. Bullshit. I brought up Ronda, man. I mean, she was undefeated, top of the world. Uh, one really good kick, followed by a couple of really good punches, really brought her down a level, man. And when you when you've taken spills, you know how to recover. When you hit the bottom, you know how to get back up. If all you've ever been is up, then you're for you'll forever be afraid of hitting the bottom. So you'll f- be afraid of taking these these steps in life that would make you do something that you never thought you would do. Like uh, recently, Floyd got into the MMA ring and he cut a little promo saying that oh, there might be a possibility. You don't need to do that. But if he does and he tastes defeat, then God bless you. Now you know what it's like to yeah. hit the bottom. But I, I don't I don't think they'll be hitting bottom for him. He's still almost a billionaire. I mean. For him, at this point, he could do anything he wants for his career. That's why he could. What was Bill Cosby's net worth before shit hit the fan for him? I mean, that's a different story. Like, Floyd Mayweather losing a fight between Bill Cosby being accused of rape. Yeah, but there was this guy who got his ass beat in boxing, and his whole life came apart because the dude put fucking cement in his gloves and fucked up his face. That's that's totally, once again, totally different thing. Totally different. Like the guy did we're something. Have to talk illegal. about this on the Button Road Show. We're gonna yes, have to, we this is gonna man. spill into this Monday. Is, yeah, this is these conversations that just. We're gonna pull up these clips, Danny. We need together. these clips too. These, these things don't really string together. We got ten minutes. Yes, sir. So, ten minutes, man. Uh, what do you think? This is a stand-up routine? Nah, or? man. Just you know, got to. I feel like the fucking lights got hot again. Yeah, man. Nah, not really. Definitely, lights definitely cooled down in here. Yeah. We got Ra here. We got any of the uh, well-dressed villains in the building? 
Can I get a word Rob, just filling up here, please? Let's bring Rob here for a second. Let's bring What's him up. On, Give man. him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Well-dressed villains hosting tonight. We're here because of him. You're going you're gonna to come over here. We're all going to stand up right now and just stand in the middle. So, uh, we, got, we got drum stools. We have a lot in common. Yes, we do. The group hug, group hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, too. Oh, yes. oh my God. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have to exchange oh, yeah. some stories, we gonna have to. <laughs> At my job, there's another Alonzo. Biggie, yes, a lot of people. You know, As was Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. MJ. Before that Thriller video. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we doing right uh, now? Uh, well, tonight is uh, we having a jam called All The Way Live, so hang out for that. Uh, our goal is to have like a community collaborative jam that's kind of curated, so we're going to kind of rock it out. And, uh, you know, if you like if you have poetry, you want to get down a little bit, you know, we have mics and we're going to have like, you know, even if you play an instrument, swap people in and out and just try to ride a groove together. All different musical, you know, experiences. Oh, we sticking around for that. So it's really going to be like one of those like really like old school style, just swapping in and out like a new instrument comes up, just, just jump in. Just. I think so. We're just going to, you know, everything's going to be improv and freestyle. So everything that happens right now is just going to happen. So we're going to see how it goes. I'm excited. And if anyone else here was raised Jehovah's Witness, we're going to have a smoke session outside <laughs> after this. <laughs> we're going to talk and we're going to break this shit down, bro. 